The scripture reading, which is in your bulletin, is Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. At that very present time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those eighteen who were killed when the tower of Siloam fell upon them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I found none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year, until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The Word of God for the people of God. Do we have smart children or what? I mean, Andre asked a question and every adult in this place, we knew the answers. Light, water, good soil. And we get, well, first it needs to be flowering. If we had waited around, we would have gotten a lesson in photosynthesis and osmosis <laughs> from our kids. I rejoice in our children daily. They just, every time you turn around, they're, they're giving you a reason to laugh or to think. That verse about, and the children shall lead them, is so, so important to the life of God's people. Now, we are to have a childlike faith, not the same thing as a childish faith. A childlike faith, one of complete trust. And we are given great reason today in the scriptures to have that complete trust. No doubt, no worry, just utter trust. Lord, we thank you for these words today. Bring them to our minds even more. Bring them to our hearts even more. Bring them to the living of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it might just be one of the most extensive themes in the Bible. There are only a few that are bigger. God's love is certainly, to me, the biggest theme in the Bible, it runs from cover to cover. It's from Genesis to the Revelation. Every book, even if it doesn't mention God's name. Did you know there are books in the Bible that don't even mention God's name at all? But even those are about 
God's love in some way. The most extensive theme of the scripture. There are others. Forgiveness, grace, justice, righteousness. But this one is also in, in the top list. So many parables about it. So many verses about it. To what? To the sin of doing nothing. Sheep and goats. Do you remember that one? Jesus tells us all about them. Sheep go to the kingdom of God. Y'all remember when Milo was here? That little lambie? With a cute face like that, we knew automatically that lambs go to heaven. Sheep go to heaven. Goats get thrown into the lake of fire. Sheep go up, goats go down. Easy as that. What was the heinous crime of these goats? They did nothing. You can read the story in Matthew 25. The king says to the goats, I was hungry, you gave me nothing. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing. I was sick and in prison, and you did nothing. You didn't comfort me. You didn't come visit me. You did nothing. And then Jesus speaks that harsh, harsh judgment. You did it not to the least of these. You did it not to me. The sin? Doing nothing. Luke 16, the story of a rich man and a beggar named Lazarus. You already know when I tell you that, there's something wrong here. Because the rich man's name, can you tell me what it is? No, it's never mentioned. The beggar's name? Lazarus. It's mentioned over and over. Lazarus lay at the rich man's gates. He was covered with sores. He begged for scraps to eat. He would have eaten the scraps that the dogs left over from their scraps. He begged for scraps to eat. Dogs came and licked his wounds. Lazarus was in a bad way. And you can almost picture it in your mind, this rich man walking out of his gate and stepping over Lazarus to get in his chariot or whatever he got to to go to work. Well, the day arrives. Lazarus goes up. The nameless rich man doesn't. And he is in torment. He begs. You hear that? He is the beggar now. He begs God to send Lazarus to him with a drop of water to cool his tongue. He still hasn't learned. He's still trying to use this beggar as a slave, as a servant. Just a drop of water. He's begging for it. He did nothing wrong. Lazarus wasn't his to raise. 
It wasn't his fault that Lazarus was in such a desperate place. He did nothing wrong at all. And that was the problem. He did nothing. Just before Jesus tells us about the sheep and the goats, he tells a parable about a man going on a trip. Before he lives, this man, the master of the house, gives one servant five bags of gold, another servant two bags of gold, and a third servant one bag of gold. Well, years later, the master returns. And what happens? The servant with five bags has doubled his master's wealth. The servant with two bags also doubled his master's wealth. The third servant was a very practical-minded fellow and did what was considered prudent, was considered cautious and safe and protective, all good things, and he dug a hole and he hid his master's wealth in that hole. It was considered a wise thing to do at the time. It was an accepted practice. It saved the master's wealth. It guaranteed it was there when he returned. The first two servants were praised. The third servant, his bag of gold was taken from him and he was thrown into the streets. Why? Because he did nothing with what he was given. A rich young ruler comes to Jesus with the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He had kept all the commandments from the time of his youth. He was a good man. He was, if he did that, he was a very good man. But when Jesus answered his question, he walked away. He did nothing. A man was beaten and robbed and left for dead laying on the side of the road. A priest and a Levite see him, but they scurry past him as fast as they can. They had the opportunity to help someone in need, but we remember them and talk about them 2,000 years later because they are famous for doing nothing. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. Three years, no fruit. It's fun to listen to scholars if you, you read them while preparing a sermon. Do that next time you're writing a sermon. They'll tell you that every landowner, every gardener knows there, there is going to be no fruit on that tree for three years. So they get into this huge meaningless debate to me where, okay, so 
he would have known it's waste of your time to show up for three years. For this parable to make sense, this has to be three years later. So actually, this tree has been barren for six years. Okay, later I'll talk to you about photosynthesis. Never mind. <laughs> the whole point is, this tree is not going to bear fruit. It is a dead tree. It is not fulfilling its purpose at all. Not even a little bit. It was not doing what it was created to do. So the landowner, making perfect sense, says, cut it down. There's not a la enough land over around here. We've, we've got to, if it's not doing what it's supposed to, pull it up. Plant something else. Get something else in there. It was not bearing fruit. It was doing nothing. And yet a marvelous thing happens. The gardener speaks up. Give me another year with this tree. The tree gets a reprieve. The tree gets a pardon from the governor. It is a magnificent word of grace. Have you ever heard someone say everything happens for a reason? Just so you know, Jesus didn't even believe that. Galileans making a religious sacrifice are killed by Herod. They were worshiping. And Herod, who was notorious for such evil and atrocities, goes in there and mingles their blood with the blood of the sacrifice they were offering. A tower in Jerusalem falls, killing 18 people. The people wanted answers. Who sinned to cause these tragedies? And the answer from Jesus now remember, these stories about, are about Galileans and what happened in a, a tower falling in Jerusalem. Now keep in mind, as we were told the analogy, Jesus is a Galilean who's on his way to Jerusalem. And he tells stories about Galileans and what happens in Jerusalem. So he's talking more than these two tragedies. He's talking about what is about to happen. Who sinned to cause these tragedies? And Jesus says, no one. And then he tells them the story of a fig tree that is not bearing fruit. Now, I've got to admit, I'm not as smart as our kids. What kind of answer is that? It doesn't make sense. And yet, it is the only answer that offers such marvelous hope for us all. Some of you are going through some stuff right now. There is pain. There is turmoil and you want answers, you just want to know what to do next. 
These words of Jesus are for you. Insurance companies describe hurricanes and murders and natural disasters as acts of God. Well, I do not know who they are worshiping. But the acts of my God are not hurricanes and murders and natural disasters. The story of the fig tree reminds us that insurance companies are wrong. The true acts of God are love and compassion and mercy. The story of the barren fig tree is our hope and our strength. I mean, do you think you are the vineyard, the vineyard owner in the story? Do you think you're the gardener in the story? Or do you think you're the fig tree? That should probably be cut down and replaced. Who are you in the story? The message is clear. With Jesus, when stuff happens, eternal life happens. God happens. No matter what happens, no matter how many towers fall, or tsunamis hit, or shooters attack, God's love and mercy are greater still. I happen to know the pastor who went to Mother Emmanuel after that tragedy at that church. And all she could tell me was, only the love of God is healing this congregation. They were so faithful in the days and weeks and months that followed. But they had a pastor who knew they had to walk in obedience to God's Word. And that part of that meant forgiveness. Could you imagine that? Talk about producing fruit. Only love was greater than the evil done that day that carried on into so many other days. When countries are invaded, and children sing Disney songs as they live in a bunker. Or bombs are dropped on their homes. This fig tree rises up tall to tell us God is near. And where Jesus is, there is marvelous hope. When evil comes, when bad things happen, what are we to do? The only unacceptable answer is to do nothing. That worthless, beautiful, precious fig tree was created for one thing, to bear fruit. You and I have been created for one thing, to glorify God and love God forever. So, how have you glorified God this week? Oh, I know we've all been busy. I know we've all had huge to-do lists to get accomplished. 
But have we been so busy that we've really done nothing? Amen.